0: uh hello
1: hey what's up it's mc chris oh
0: hello sir how are you how you doing I'm doing very well. Happy to be speaking with you.
1: Happy to be speaking with you, too. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, of course. All right, so of course, um, I'd like to speak with you about the new album. Awesome. How many R's are at the end of that again? Four? Five?
1: I, it's, I think it's three. Oh, okay. I, I, I should know this, shouldn't I? <laughs> but I think it's three. Let me take a quick look. Right. Yeah, three. Three R's. Three and I love. To Although ask, it could hypothetically just keep going forever.
0: That's a deep. Holy shit. <laughs> um, I'd love to ask you specific things about the album. However, it's still in transit to my house. Um, okay.
1: You want to give me? You want me to call you back in like 10, 15 minutes?
0: No, I mean, um, the album itself is still in shipping because I ordered it.
1: Oh, I see what you're saying.
0: Uh, is there any sort of thesis you can give? about the entire record beyond the, uh, Ghostbusters theme that, uh, appears to have?
1: Well, yeah, on the surface, like you said, it's a Ghostbusters, Ghost, uh, Haunted House, um, themed album, um, but, you know, I, I think in exploring those themes, uh, you know, I had a specific purpose as to why I did that, and, you know, things are always not what you expect them to be once you start digging in and get your hands dirty, a whole new, um, group of themes come up and and it becomes not what you expected, but my father had passed away from cancer two years ago, and I um, was having a hard time dealing with it, and it was time to make a new album because this is what I do for a living, and so um, I decided to just kind of dive into my grief and what it's like to live with a uh, parent that's gone, or live without a parent, I should say and um but i also wanted to kind of sugarcoat it uh to make the medicine go down a little easier by you know um, exploring some of my favorite things which are haunted houses and the ghostbusters which is one of my favorite movies from my childhood i think i was like 9 when it came out and um so you know it was just a way for me to deal with my father's death but also have fun while i did it and it was a subject that i just loved to explore there was just so many movies and uh books that I could have written songs about I could have made 5 of these albums instead of 2. Um and I might make a sequel down the road or something like that. But um you know it was a really amazing experience and uh a very helpful and cathartic one.
0: See it's not exactly what I was expecting from the theme cuz you've had MC Chris is dead. You've gone mm-hmm. you've gone to hell and I assume now you were a ghost but um so it's just much it's more heartfelt really or more
1: well, there's a, a there's a deep side of the album, but there's also a very fun, uh, juvenile side, like all my records. You know, we have skits, we have a story that continues throughout all my records It's one story. And um, in this record, I am a ghost. In past records, I've been a zombie, I've been in hell, I've been in heaven. Um, and in this record, I'm a ghost. And so we just kind of show what that's like and what that would be like. And we, we were making references to me being a ghost. Um... You know, I think in 2008 on my album MC Chris Goes to Hell, we were making references to it, and so this album we uh, actually five years later after making a reference we've fully explored it, which is something I like to do, um, just so people can be listening to my records and have it all make kind of a uh, some cohesive sense.
0: Uh, I my next question I actually did touch on the fact that all your stories are connected. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you see a finite uh, like a final part to that whole story or is it sort of like a D and Yeah, I know how I know
1: how it ends and, uh, you know, it might take a lifetime to tell it and, uh, you know, it's just, it's one of those things that just gets bigger and bigger. Uh, I was going to make a cartoon and that really helped me flesh out the universe because the cartoon was the same universe as the skits. And, um, you know, I know what the story is, I know what I want to have happen and it goes to some crazy places and... Um, you know, But I know how it ends, and it is finite, and uh, I guess there is a point in my life where I'm going to have to put this idea down and, and maybe move on to something else, but I have no plans to do that in the immediate future. So yeah, there's definitely a finite ending to the whole thing.
0: Uh, speaking of the cartoon, beyond the what the Kickstarter generated, is there any more to expect from that so that you might be trying to put together?
1: Um, you know, not right now. I mean, right now I'm focusing on my job, which is rapping and touring and making records and just trying to do that to the best of my abilities. I think because I definitely was getting sidetracked by wanting to be, uh, you know, a producer of a cartoon and we went into a development deal with a network and uh, I got really excited about it, but I kind of let everything fall to the wayside. And, you know, I think I just had to deal with reality a little bit and deal with what, I, what my job really was. But it's still my dream to make this thing and, um, you know, in a after I've maybe settled down a little bit, after I've toured a couple times and made enough money, I might um, try to fundraise again. But fundraising is a very exhaustive process. I have to kind of bother all my fans and ask for money and, um, you know, it's something I'd rather not do. You know, I'd rather just uh, give them a product, that, like the songs that they want, but they want the cartoon as well. So... You know, maybe I'll just let the fan base grow for a little while. For right now, maybe I'll focus on things like starting a family. And But it's something I, I don't want to give up on. I think, you know, I have this background in cartoons and as an animator and as a voiceover actor, and it's just something that I feel uh, makes sense and something that I would like to do, but I'm not giving up on it by any means. There's there's a lot of shows that it takes a long time for them to get off the ground. and um, So I'm just kind of patient with it and... Um, you know, right now I'm just thinking about kind of maybe fundraising money to create a trailer for the entire story, um, to give people a better sense of what the whole thing would be like. And, uh, that might happen in the next couple of years. That'll be very cool. Uh,
0: how many records do you have in the works now? Because I've read about Foes, the next Marshmallow <laughs> album, and a Christmas album. How, how accurate are any of these?
1: Uh, that's pretty accurate. That's actually my plan for the year. Um, The Foes album is what I'm working on right now, and that's a sequel to my Gotham-themed Friends, which was about Commissioner Gordon and Batgirl and Robin, and so Foes will be about Batman's villains, and um, there'll be a third album in that series called Super Friends about the JLA. Awesome. Um, And then I have a sequel to my kids' album that we recorded like nine songs, we recorded all the skits, and something's just kind of kept me from finishing it I'm not sure if I'll have it finished by the summer it's really a it's more of a matter of do I want to do it Um, do I want to put it out there Um, or do I want to focus on other things Um, because there's more of a limited audience with the kids albums and it might not be the best business decision to make that right now even though a lot of people are waiting for it and you know I would like to get that out before the kids that love the first one are you know are still kids before they stop being kids I should say and um... And yes, the Christmas album is something that I would like to have out by the end of the year, so I'd like to have three releases out this year if I can, and we'll just have to see how it goes. And then um, 2015, I'll be making a Marvel-themed album, and um, hopefully be putting out JLA as well. And um, and then after that, I'm hoping to make kind of a noir-themed album. So I've kind of got the next three years planned for me. We'll see how that goes. And what's the
0: writing process like of these? Are you writing all these songs concurrently, or do you, are you like, all right, I have to write this song about the Riddler, I'm not going to worry about a song about a slide for kids right now?
1: Right. Um, well, I think right now I am kind of focused on just foes and not focused on campground. I, I want to get foes out for sure before I go out on tour this summer. And uh, so campground is definitely on the back burner. Um, if I finish photos ahead of time, then I will start to focus on that and see if I can't knock that out before summer as well. Um, but you know, I, I'm definitely thinking about them all at the same time. And um, but you no, know, I usually write them one at a time. Uh, I'm very OCD and kind of linear, so I don't try to pile up the projects if I can help it. Um, and so this summer, I'll be thinking about Christmas songs. I actually had uh, a Christmas song I did research for for MC Chris forever, but I decided put it on the Christmas album and and so I've already begun the research on the Christmas album and and would hopefully like to have that out um, you know around Thanksgiving but we'll see what I can pull off because I'll be doing a lot of touring this year Yeah, you're going to be on the Warp Tour again this year, right? I'll be on the Warp Tour again this summer and that starts June 14th I believe and ends August 4th and um, a lot of great bands are on it this year Proto Men, I Fight Dragons Less Than Jake uh, Watsky, Teenage Battle Rocket a lot of cool things
0: yeah, I just saw that Watsky was added to it, and a uh, friend of mine knows that I'm really into your music and keeps trying to get me to listen to Watsky, because, you know, white rapper, yeah, everyone just I know. Well,
1: he's great. Yeah. He's really awesome, and it'll be exciting to tour with him, and we've tweeted at each other, and uh, he seems like a nice guy, and so I'm excited. Hopefully, he'll bring more folks out, which is great.
0: Uh, how do you like these festival shows, these all-day, kind middle of middle-of-the-afternoon things compared to, like, a, a club show?
1: Well, um, I think because the landscape has changed a lot um, in terms of touring during the summer, uh, kids aren't in school, so that hurts you. And there's things like EDM and festivals that hurt you from doing uh, like a normal traditional club tour. So I think being in a space like warp tour is really great because you've got a, a kind of a um, trapped audience, and they're there to see a bunch of stuff, and they might they might you know, run into you and not know anything about you, and then that's a new audience member, that's a new fan, which is kind of what we want. And um, it's, it's just like a guaranteed um, pay, and uh, it's not such a variable or, a, you know, you don't quite know what you're going to get if you go out on tour on your own, but on Warp Tour, you're definitely going to have an audience every day. So it's really just um, something that's more locked in and more reliable. And um, so we were really happy to return. I've been with them before, 2008, so it's great to come back.
0: When I was growing up, the uh, Warp Tour, because I'm more of a metal kid, like mm-hmm. there's me and some my friends that are all really into metal. You're kind of an outlier in our iTunes, and uh, Warp Tour is always kind of the emo bands. Uh, do you see Emo Party coming up in the set list as sort of uh, <laughs> a gentle jab, but also a nod perhaps?
1: Um, well, that might be a really good idea. Um, <laughs> you know, actually, it, it's very metal, though, I would say, because, uh, you know, just walking around, I mean, these bands are raging their faces off and everyone's going insane. So I'd still say it's pretty metal. And, you know, Warp Tour is kind of whatever the audience wants. It's not what Warp Tour decides is best for everybody. Of course. Um, so, you know, I think there's a lot of metal, there's a lot of punk, there's a lot of rap. And there's even pop, and I mean, I mean, it's pretty much all there. Maybe country music isn't there, but you know, I'd say pretty much everything is there. And um, you'd be kind of hard pressed not to find something that you like. Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember just walking around in 2008. You couldn't, you couldn't really talk to somebody because there's so much metal going on all over the place. And you might call it emo, but I, it definitely felt loud to me. I mean, I, I never really know what these bands are. I don't know uh, a lot about what's going on with. Uh, what high school kids are listening to or anything like that but um, you know there's a couple bands that I'm able to find every year that I fall in love with and that I think are awesome and it's a cool thing about warp tours you get to become friends with them too and say hi
0: yeah I was actually looking over the lineup today and I was impressed to see how diverse it's gotten because you know back when I was a closed minded angry metal kid it seemed like it was one thing but it's definitely grown up and I like that
1: no I think you know it, it really is a business and, and they really they don't want to be too attached to one genre um, because everything in music is constantly changing so I'm sure there'll be all kinds of stuff um, to meet the needs of a variety of different audience members you know and I think I think you would have to be just kind of in a bad mood if you didn't have a good time or you didn't know how to get the most out of it because there's just so many options there that you can find something that you like. I know I can and I don't really know that much about music I like hip hop and and old music, and stuff like that, so, um, you know, if I can have a good time, I think anybody can
0: have a good time. I think this actually will be my first year going, so I'm, I'm looking oh, cool. forward to an experience. Um, changing gears a bit, of course, this has probably been coming up in all your interviews, but uh, the death of Harold Ramis, um, mm. until his, his death, were you into the idea of floating around of a Ghostbusters 3, or were you more kind of... Well,
1: I mean, I'm such a big Ghostbusters fan. I was definitely paying attention to every little bit of news that came. But, you know, in my heart of hearts, I didn't want it to happen. I didn't want a reboot to happen. I mean, I'm of the mode of thinking that we should let Sleeping Dogs lie. I don't really want to see Muppet movies or movies reminiscent of E.T. or Goonies because I was a child of the 80s, and I got to experience those things in the theater, and they were awesome and amazing. And the stuff that comes out now just kind of... um, doesn't ring true so you know I don't really I don't really need to see this stuff dragged out and um, you know I feel like they're just beating an old beating an old horse beating a dead horse they're beating a horse for sure <laughs> and uh, you know I um, I definitely think that it's kind of going over the top um, I, you know it, they were talking about it being like a cartoon and that might have been something cool like a CGI cartoon like Clone Wars um, and they were talking about the office riders writing it and you know I I think Bill Murray was kind of his opinion was that like who wants to see these old guys busting ghosts like nobody really wants to see that and the vibe I got from Ackroyd was that he just kind of wanted to cash in on this really strong brand um you know while he still could and um you know Harold just seemed kind of down for whatever like he was with the game and you know I I was just kind of hoping they didn't do it and I hear it's still in production um... You know, I don't really want to see a new Ghostbusters with younger actors and and the older guys showing up in cameos. I, I would just think it would be bad, you know. I mean, there's been things like Blues Brothers 2000 and Meatballs 2 and, and stuff like that. And it's just like there's a certain point, even Effect 2, there's a certain point where you should just, like, let it go. Um, but Hollywood is a business, and, and it's in the, it's the business of making money, and if they can make some money, they will go for it, you know, because there's no new ideas anymore, so, you know, I, I hope they don't do it. I hope that they leave it alone, and I, uh, I also hope, hope they stop making Muppet movies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're not looking forward to the Ricky Gervais vehicle coming out? Uh,
1: Shit, did it come well, out I don't know. I really, I'm like the one person that didn't like the last one, uh, because everyone loved it, um. So, but no, I, you know, I feel like, uh, it's not Frank Oz, it's not Tim Henson, it's, it's a different tone, it's, it's just weird, and, uh, it's, I love them up, it's so much as a kid, loved the show, loved the movies, like, a lot, like, I was, like, o- the only person my age in my town that liked this stuff, so uh, it's very personal to me, and, you know, I go see these things, and I just feel like, you know, it's just, uh... It's not the same thing. It it feels very weakened at Bernie's to me, you know, uh, like they're just kind of dragging around a corpse. And uh, but you know, everyone loves it, so I'm not gonna begrudge anybody a good time. Um, and I probably will go see it, uh, or maybe I'll avoid it. I don't know. But it's just not the same for me. I'm such a I guess I'm such an '80s snob. I like I like the stuff that came out in the '80s, and I don't really want to see it come back now. I'd rather see new voices and new ideas and new concepts, and uh, but if you want to make 100 million Star Wars movies, that's okay with me.
0: <laughs> okay, that's the one thing, like you're looking forward to the seven. Yeah, I, I
1: can tolerate that.
0: All right. <laughs> that was kind of what was coming up. Uh, side note, how long do I have with you? As long as you want. Oh, okay, cool.
1: I mean, I have somewhere to go in three hours, so uh, uh, I doubt it'll take that long. I could probably get you <laughs> up
0: a little before then. Okay. All right. Um, Is there anything in geek culture that you've been unable to write about, either because it's too close to your heart or it's complicated or something?
1: That's still uh, to come for me? Well, there's lots of stuff I haven't written about yet. Um, That's the great thing about my genre is that there's an infinite amount of things to write about. Like I said, I'll be writing about Marvel, writing about Batman villains. I mean, all that stuff's really exciting to me. Um, The Marvel album I'm looking forward to because I just won't be... um, writing about the universe as it as it stands today, but my favorite stories over the years. Um, and, you know, I try not to do things that are du jour or things that are hot right now. It's, it's all got to be something that means something to me um, and something that's personal to me. I haven't touched on G.I. Joe at all yet, and um, I also love movies. I love Stephen King, and I think uh, I love The Simpsons. I love Kevin Smith. Uh, these are all things that I could possibly be writing about in the future, um, but we'll just have to wait and see.
0: Yeah, I, I actually used to list, well, I still do listen to podcasts all the time, but I used to listen to a lot of Kevin Smith's ones, and to hear your your voice pop up before Smodcast like, blew my mind. Are, are you, Yeah, Kevin's been podcast... very
1: awesome and supportive. What you, was the question?
0: Are you a big podcast guy in general?
1: Am I a big podcast guy in general? Um, no, I wouldn't say that I am Um, you know, my producer is And he tells me, like, what he listens to And, um, you know, I think This might, you can chalk this up To me just Being of a different time and not really Rolling with the punches Um, but yeah, I still listen to radio And, um, you know Maybe I'll listen to a comedy album on the road Instead of a podcast, you know I guess I'm kind of old school that way um, but yeah, no, I've listened to some things like on uh Earwolf, the the comedy podcast they have that the U C B does. Uh, some of my friends guest star on those things or host them and sometimes I'll listen to those. Um, but no, it seems like there's a lot of podcasts right now and I think it's almost too hard for me to pick uh what to listen to, but maybe I'll get into it more as time goes on.
0: There have been so many where I just thought that you would be perfect as a guest on like comedy Bang Bang or Nerdist or You know, I could keep going, but it's just like, the way you, like, I've seen... You gotta
1: be famous. You gotta be really famous. And I'm just kind of quasi-famous, so. (laughs) But thank you for the comment. I would love to be on any of those podcasts. I I did a podcast yesterday. I mean, I have a lot of fun being on them. I love the format. Uh, I love, you know, taking part in it. Um, I just haven't listened, though. I probably should.
0: Um, whenever I show your music to friends well I used to lead off with like the Bounty Hunter songs but lately it's been stuff from friends Um, thank you and I often get this question from a certain group of my friends have you and I haven't and perhaps I haven't noticed yet or will you ever write a song about Lord of the Rings
1: Um, yeah I think that there will be a kind of a a Dungeons and Dragons or a, a Middle Earth themed album that'll Deal with a variety of different topics. Um, I already made an album called Dungeon Master Ceremonies, and um, I always wanted to make sequels to that, like a Monsters Manual or a Player's Handbook, um, and call them those names. You know, pretty much exactly. I mean, it was originally um, conceived as a trilogy, um, so you know, I think that I could definitely return to those things and start talking about that stuff. I definitely love it. Um, I'm a big Hobbit fan. Um, and I'm I like the Hobbit more than Lord of the Rings really and I actually like the old uh cartoon uh better than the the movies. Um but, you know, the movies were great at the time when we saw them, but it's also it also can kind of be a little gnawing on you, uh the way that just they they walk and things go so slow and there's a lot of uh kind of celebrity rehab, uh there's like a celebrity rehab vibe about it. Uh so, um <laughs> You know, so I think I prefer The Hobbit, the Hobbit uh, movies, but I definitely love the books and uh, would love to read them and uh, read them again and, um, you know, really do some extensive research on that. And then other things that, that you know, have to do with that world, I think it would be a fun album to write. But yeah, that's definitely something I would like to do. I'm going to be a busy guy.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, you've got concepts for sounds like dozens of albums floating around your head. Yeah, I do. And yet, you're like someone who has to have like one thing at a time. Like, is that you said you got like OCD going on? Is that difficult to just like stay focused?
1: Um, no, it's no, it's not difficult to stay focused. Um, it's weird to get older and um, to keep on doing the same thing. I mean, when I was a younger person, I would only have a job for like two years before I moved on to something new. So I've had this job for like 13 years and have been doing it for like sixteen or rapping for like sixteen years and making songs and stuff so it's something I've just been doing a really long time. I would would love to do other things like direct or write for a show or star in something Um, but I've been really kind of in my little rap cave making rap and touring for you know for a long time and it's become my life Um, but it's never an issue of like what do I do next, what do I do next, I just try to always make it fun because I think it it comes across in the recording if, if I'm having a good time or not. Um, and so, yeah, you know, I I don't get too stressed out about it. I just do one album at a time and one song at a time. You know, you you start to crack open a song and all these problems come up. And the whole job is to kind of solve those problems and try to make the song as good as you can until you can kind of put your stamp on it and move on to the next one. And So I just try to be chill about it, take it one song at a time, and um you know definitely not stressful if anything I'm, I'm happy that i'll never run out of stuff to write about
0: you're someone who's done some comedic writing on like c lab and some other projects um and you're also hilarious on stage when you just sort of go on your rants uh have you ever right. considered just straight up stand-up comedy or have you done it
1: uh yeah i've done it once or twice and um i think we might put together a stand-up album maybe down the road um, it's definitely something that I've thought about, and, um, stand-up is pretty big. Where I live in New York City, all my friends are doing it, and it's something that everybody does, and, um, it's something I would like to do more often. Um, but, you know, my, my sense of humor is super specific, so it kind of only works with my audience. I don't know if it works on a mass audience like that you'd have at a, uh, Laugh Factory or what have you. So, you know, the way it is now is kind of perfect. I can kind of crack a couple jokes during my show uh, to help me catch my breath and also just let me, you know, let me be funny. And so I definitely am an improviser and a comedy performer and uh, love to do that as just as much as doing songs. Um, And I love I love the randomness of, of talking and interacting with the audience and the surprises that can happen makes every show different, which is what I love about the show, is I think why people keep coming back.
0: The only person I can compare your comedic voice to would be like Patton Oswalt. He is someone who can just go off on something so specific, or like a, um, what's his name, blank patch where he just kind of narrows it down to like a few people in a room that still are on board, but to them it's the best fucking thing in the world.
1: I'll have to check it out, but that's that's very high praise. Patton is the king.
0: Uh, yeah, Blank Patch writes on at midnight he's like on Brian Posehn's uh D and D podcast and he's he he's good at pulling a reference from like the fifties or sixties that three people will get and because I grew up mm-hmm. on I grew up on T V Land for some weird, weird reason, so I'm usually on board.
1: Mm-hmm. Very cool.
0: Um, who or what was the first person or song that made you wanna record and perform and write about what you do?
1: Um well I mean, the, the rap that I listened to, that I memorized first was, uh, they were called the Native Tongues, and, uh, or the Native Tongue, maybe it might be singular, but it's De La Soul, tribe called Quest, Black Sheep. They were rappers that kind of um, approached hip-hop in a unconventional uh, way, whereas kind of every, every other rapper was kind of doing the same thing, and, and they weren't uh, doing that. They were more kind of self-aware. And more intelligent and funnier. And uh, I like that stuff a lot. I mean, I like Public Enemy too, um, but, um, you know, I definitely liked uh, Black Sheep and Tribe Called Quest a lot. And, but there's uh, some albums that I heard uh, around 2000, like by Reggie and the Full effect, that I really liked that stuff a lot. And, um, and Ween too. Just uh, bands that were able to shift from genre to genre. To be funny, but also be really talented, and um, that was really inspiring to me. That they could kind of be amazing musicians, but also have a sense of humor and not take themselves so seriously, like so many other bands might do. So, I'd say those bands definitely had a huge influence on me.
0: And what was the first thing that was would be considered geeky or nerdy that you latched onto? Was it Star Wars?
1: Um, well, I never. I said this the past couple of interviews. I never Sorry. thought of myself as a geek. Um, and, you know, I love Star Wars, I love video games, I love comic books. I got picked on, I, you know, fell in love with girls and only liked me as a friend. You know, I was, I was definitely a nerd, but I didn't know it. And uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't until I started making music that I started to realize who I was, just by seeing who was responding to my stories. And, um, but in terms of my childhood, what was nerdy... <clears throat> I mean, I love G.I. Joe. I love the the Marvel G.I. Joe comic book, which is what kind of got me into Marvel Comics. And um, I was a big nerd about G.I. Joe, um, which is my dad was in the Army, so I think in a way we were just trying to find something that he would think was cool, but he was in his own world and he never really responded to it. Um, but Star Wars was a really big thing. We used to rent videos instead of owning them, and we would rent... Uh, Star Wars all the time. We loved Spielberg. We loved Indiana Jones and Star Wars and so that might be our my first geeky thing but I mean I remember playing King's Quest and in the summer in my basement on a PC and and listening to my Tribe Called Quest mixtape over and over again and I think that was kind of the little incubation process for who I was to become was to kind of just be doing nerdy things but also loving hip hop at the same time and, and it all just kind of became what it is today.
0: You said you were like a 80s kid, sort of, right?
1: Yes, not sort of, definitely, totally.
0: Do you remember the movie Fly the Navigator?
1: Oh, sure. I saw it alone in the theater.
0: <laughs> that was <laughs> my... I, I, you
1: know, I, I was a big E.T. fan, I was a big Pee Wee Herman fan, and I would see just about anything Disney put out. I was a big Disney fan, too, and still am. Um, so, yeah, no, I definitely remember that movie. I actually haven't watched it recently, though, so there's some things I don't... kind of scared to... To re-experience because I, I don't. Sometimes you watch these things now and they don't hold up. I've been but on, no. I definitely, I definitely saw that movie and loved it.
0: I've been on a kick where I'm revisiting my favorite childhood movies to see if they hold up. It, it it's like the fear's gone, and I think it does hold up. It's definitely 80s. It's got you know Sarah Jessica Parker being kind of strange, but mm-hmm. um, that was for me the first like thing that I looked back and was like, oh, I was destined to be a, a nerd or a geek. This is you know, space travel and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I did a lot of nerdy things. I My brothers would play Dungeons and & Dragons, and um, I was—I don't think I was smart enough to play, but I loved making characters. I loved drawing maps. Uh, I did that stuff all the time and never would have thought I was being a nerd, you know? had no idea, but it was just the stuff I liked. I didn't have, like, nerdy friends. Like, it wasn't like a Stephen King short story or like it or something where we're, I'm with a bunch of nerdy friends or something. It was more like I wasn't liked by anybody and maybe I could find somebody else that wasn't liked by anybody and we would become buddies, you know, and, uh, but yeah, very nerdy stuff. Uh, but I had no idea what I was.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have you ever been hit with backlash from like super nerds either at a show or through the internet or something like that?
1: Oh, sure. I think being um, a nerdcore rapper is like the worst idea (laughs) because (laughs) you're, you know, you're basically just making definitive statements all the time about what you know and what you love and you're always getting corrected and you're always getting shut down and, and, I mean, I think that's a big part of the Internet is that people have to let you know when you're wrong and they can't control themselves and so you're constantly being told that you're making a mistake and that you're wrong, and, you know, nerds have definitely become the bullies now, and, weird, right? that's just, no, I mean, it makes sense, I mean, the the internet gave them power, and I think we're, a lot of us are traumatized by our childhood experiences, and, and, you know, I've seen people say, like, if you've been bullied, then you can't be a bully when you grow up, no but either. if that's all you know, if that's all you've seen, um, maybe your ability to act properly has been kind of fucked up. And I know that it has with me for sure. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm getting bullied and, and corrected and, and you know, put down all the time every day. And it's definitely a nerdy life that I'm living now. Um, and I, But I think part of being a nerd isn't about being a perfect nerd. I think it's just like being a fuck up a little bit and, and not being perfect and um, you know you're kind of an oddball and that's okay I I would much rather be me than be a perfect nerd that knows everything
0: Um, I'm going to end with this one it's just sort of one that I haven't been able to segue into at all Um, you've collaborated with Donald Glover in the past who's blown up quite a bit since have you guys stayed in contact at all
1: oh no no No, he's huge now and um, you know I don't really bother him Uh, I, you know, I had asked him to be on Race Wars, and um, you know, he kind of didn't get back to me. He did a little bit, but then, you know, I I did the three songs for him and asked him to return the favor, and kind of, kind of got stood up, or I don't know how you want to say it, or blown off. Uh, And, uh, but I mean, I, I don't, I don't fault him for it. He's a He's a very uh, high-profile celebrity now, you know, and he's got a lot of shit going on. I don't think he has time to to be on my records or do songs with me anymore. I think that's just part of being famous, you know. Everybody wants your time, and and you, you might things might get so crazy you forget about some people that hooked you up over the years. And um, but I don't I don't fault him for it though. I just assume he's just super busy. I don't wanna I don't wanna be the one million person bugging him, so I let it go. But no, we've made a couple songs They're all on YouTube And uh, it was an amazing experience to have him You know, holler at me And say, can you do this stuff for me? And to even hear him say in like interviews and stuff That he was inspired by me Um, Because we both come from UCB And uh, I was definitely one of the first person First people to make an album out of the UCB To be a musical performer as well as a comedian And um, it's nice to know that I helped him along the way if I did, he said I did, so I'll <laughs> take it as truth.
0: I'll just take it. All right, man. Well, it's been great talking to you. This has been a chat I've wanted to have for a long time. Uh, is oh,
1: cool. Well, thank you for having me.
0: Forever is no longer pre Wait, is it still pre-sale, or can you straight up buy it now on, on your website?
1: Um, well, it's starting to ship now, so I think it's safe to say that it's not a pre-order anymore. Now you're just buying it. Um, but, yeah, you know, I don't really ever make a date. I just try to get it to people as soon as I possibly can. So, But, yeah, people are starting to get their copies, and... I'm excited to hear their reviews.
0: All right, fantastic. Well, I'll be checking my mailbox every day since I got that email saying it was Well, shows. thank
1: you so much, dude. I appreciate the support. And um, when will this air?
0: Uh, I'll probably have this typed up for the KSSU websites here in the next couple of days, probably early next oh, week. Oh, cool.
1: Well, just let me know, and I'll, I'll let the fans read it.
0: All right, fantastic. Thank you very much.
1: Take care, buddy.
0: All right, you have a good one. Bye. You too.
1: Peace.